G'day punters, welcome back to the mailbag. It's 2021, apparently. Uh, it feels much the same, especially if you're back in Melbourne and all of a sudden there's people outside, but we're still betting on things and really I haven't stopped. I don't know about you guys. Uh, it's Jack Dickens, Mark Roden and Shane Shirley-O up in Queensland. Uh, Dicko, I'll start with you. You've had a, an interesting couple of months off since we last saw you here on the mailbag. Um, well, not really. I drove, I drove the family, so that's M's, Darcy, two dogs, one's a 16-year-old Kelpie, to Sydney to hang out with my brother and his family. And um, about 48 hours in, my brother had to evacuate the state because he has a proper job and was required to. So then it was just sort of me and Simo and Di, mum and dad, and then we're stuck there. <laughs> Dan, the man, wouldn't let us back in. But then Dan let us back in, and um, we had to isolate now back at home, which we've just finished, just in time for Pete to come back. We went to the races. When was that? Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, that Caulfield. Was very, very, very enjoyable. It was the first time we've been on course since... Before, before All-Star Miles. All-Star Miles, the week before. So that was March something last year. Just a lot easier to, to make money. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it was a, a big help, I think, to, to both of us, just being able to be there and adjust in play, but also get some intel out of the yard, which uh, has been difficult, I think it's fair to say, with um, Racing.com's coverage over the last little bit. It's been good on occasions, but it also has been very difficult otherwise. Uh, Mark Roden, uh, the latest member of the Mailbag team, uh, you've had a couple of months under your belt now. How's it been treating you over the Christmas and... New Year period. Yeah, okay. I've enjoyed doing it. Um, results in January have been so frustrating. I think I'm up near 100 minutes worth of seconds alone since or just this year, which has made it very difficult. Um, not claiming all or even most were unlucky or should have won or anything like that, but they, you know they've been going very, very close and not enough have been dropping. But um, when, when you when you miss price. when you miss, you want to miss by more so you can get those ones that are close because even though with data's and numbers, you still have that sort of karma in your head, don't you? Yeah, it's very much a psychological game. So near misses do not help at all. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. Uh, Curly, speaking of near misses, uh, you've probably had more than most across a lifetime. How have you been going the last couple of months? Um, yeah, I've really had changed my approach this year. I've... Um, I drank enough alcohol to kill any remaining brain cells, so I no longer have feelings. <laughs> it's been a big January. Um, uh, back into the back end of the year was really horrible um, on the service and personally. I done my arts basically. Um, just had had a bad run, uh, sort of October, November, and um, tweaked a couple of little things during December and backed off a little bit with the uh, stakes, guys, and uh, I think that's helped a lot, just a bit of a reset and a refresh over Christmas, but kept punting and kept watching so I didn't want to take my finger off the pulse. Uh, just become a lot more selective, and, um, yeah, I've, uh, I've hit the ground running this month. It's been really been really strong, but uh, just not just try not to force too much and, and just um, being really happy with a bet, whether it gets beat or not. I'm not too focused on... Um, 
starting prices or anything like that. I just want to just more taking my time and, and betting late. Like Eagle Farm today was a great example. Might have had four bets and had a winner in a couple of seconds just just by watching the track and reading the play and knowing what you needed to be and where you don't need to be. And particularly in summer in months in Queensland, you know, where you get that variable weather and you can get rain during the day and whatever else. Um, I just sort of backed off a little bit going too hard too early and bet more during the day and I think that's, it's been a good move. So you feel like if you focus a little like on a few sort of less total races, there's a big edge there in just having the time and energy to just pick apart less yeah, I think so. Um, still, the, the process is still the same, but I'm just not diving as deep into some races where there's too many question marks, um, you know, around map and and then you look at the pricing and you know you've got a horse that you like and and it's and the market's found it as well. I'm just sort of happy to let that go more so than try and force a bet just for the sake of backing a winner. I think so. It's been something that I've given a bit of uh, consideration to for the last couple of months and trying to trying my best to execute on it. Certainly not excellent, certainly not the best at it, but just trying to trying to get better at it. Yeah, I mean it's it's not it's just not logically possible that you've got an edge in every single race. You, you do have to cherry pick to some extent at least. Mm. Yeah, sure. And then sometimes you sometimes I just think like when something's off the map, the variables in racing, the great unknowns. We don't know what happened at the stable last week, whether the horse might have hurt itself and, you know, put in a bad run last start or whatever else. But um, you still got to give... Obviously, you still got to give some credit to the market. Um, but do, do you not reckon right now you have to give as little credit to the market as, say, ever in the last two years? In, in New South Wales, I would say yes. Um, big drifts are not... I mean, New Year's Day... On New Year's night, the horse called Bergen went up three twenty and was twelve thirteen dollars uh, when they jumped. And it's yeah, we back. Oh, we we talked about this horse. Yeah. Was this the horse that they nommed a few times? Yeah, and I kept, they were waiting for a dry dryish track and they got one. Yeah. Anyway, three twenty to thirteen dollars when I was growing up means the jockey's going to jump off. You know, this thing was <laughs> straight into the one one and won by about two and a half lengths, like the nine to four chance everyone thought it was originally. Yeah. So, and it's not the only, I mean, you know, a lot of drifters lose, but a, a lot of shortens are getting beaten, and big drifts are not something to be um, terrified of in New South Wales, at least. Yeah, it's the same story in Victoria. Like, Dosh on, on what, what day did we say? Tuesday, was it? Yeah. I think so, Tuesday. It was just so, so soft. So, mm. so soft. And it was a leader. So, my natural instinct is, like, well, this thing's probably not going to lead. It might miss the start. And it just jumped on the bunny. It was a big performance. There's a stack of them. Yep. Yep. I think that's probably a conversation we'll have at some point in terms of, you know, is that purely because a lot of people are using the same level of data, they're finding the same horse because it's the, the map or something like that or it's clearly just wasn't suited last start and it gets a positive switch. We'll, um, we'll go into that in a little bit more detail over the coming weeks, just trying to pick apart how we're doing the form and finding angles and, as Curly said, uh, what it means if you're actually beating SP in this day and age. But for today, we're just going to quickly jump around the country. We're going to preview a couple of races uh, between us and we'll just see if we can find a few winners. Just get off to a, a good start and just get ourselves back into the swing of things. So, Mark Roden, I'll start with you in Sydney. You're looking at Rose Hill Race 7 to start us off. Yes, the Expressway Stakes, first of the decent weight for age um, races of the Autumn Carnival. Uh, I think every horse in the race is first up, if I'm not mistaken. Um, all resuming. 
Um, obviously, some bigger targets in uh, in store for most, if not all of them, um, and some will be better suited at 1,200 than others. Um, I thought um, Mizzy, who's had problems, only had one run in about 18 months, something like that. Um, she's been ridden very aggressively in her trials, probably leads uh, out from, what's the, oh, Sabatiano, of course, um, is the other on pace in the race. Um, then you're out to, um, just behind them, stand out, another 1,200-metre horse, then holding Ollie Kirk and uh, the others all probably get back. So um, I'm probably asking for trouble, but I really want to be with Ollie Kirk. I think he's the, the horse that certainly has another level in his preparation, you know, an autumn three-year-old now, and uh, called to a guinea's winner. And positive jockey switch. Uh, who's off? Oh, <laughs> Pike to Berry, that's positive. Okay, all right. Um, yeah. Um, if, he, if he does have that extra level in his prep, he's, I mean, he's clearly the best horse in the race. Um, and the thing I like about him, I mean, this is probably going to be moderately run. There's not a stack of speed for a 1,200-metre race. Hopefully from gate one he shows some sort of initiative and gets him midfield, no worse. But he's got the turn of foot, that, you know, that is the thing that really does win these um, weight for age races when they become um, moderately run. It's, it's the, the horse with the acceleration the turn of foot that, uh, that can win them. So if he gets any look at them from barrier one, I think he does have that acceleration, does have that quality. And I'd rather be with him than Sabatiano, um, who's the other one at the head of the market. Um, she's certainly going to get the map favours over Ollie Kirk, but and she's pretty good fresh. But the um, the bulk of her form, and she's getting older. She's a mare that's getting older. Um, wouldn't get uh, to the level Ollie Kirk can go to. So that's my reasoning. It could be a horrible watch out of Gate One if he ends up three fence. But if he does get a look at them, I mean, the market might be against him because of that too. I mean, if you're betting pure on a map, you'd probably want to be with Sabatiano. So the market could be that go that way. Ollie Kirk might get out. Um, everyone could assume it's off because it's first up. And it might be just um, back in their judgment on the map. But if he gets to a bigger price in this offset. Just quickly on Sydney and Sydney Town, how are the head honcho jockeys performing there at the moment? If uh, we haven't been watching, say, January and December, how's the, the likes of J-Mac, Tommy Berry, Hugh Bowman, Rachel well, King? Most of, them have been, most of them are away because they had to go and quarantine to get into Queensland for the Magic Millions. So they missed... Um, quite a bit of racing before that. So, you know, Nash and J-Mac and Huey were missing for, the, if not a month, the best part of, maybe three, three weeks. Um, so some of the second division jockeys got their um, crack at it. Um, statistically, J-Mac's going fine. Um, I don't think, I'm not sure if Nash has ridden a winner um, in town anyway since he got back. He's just had a little bit of a struggle finding his feet again. But, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose the headline jockey I'd like to mention, especially after what he did to all-time legend last Saturday, is Kay McAvoy, who I had a, had a look at um, for the last 12 months in New South Wales. You'd be losing 50% on turnover if your level stake his bets at S, uh, his, his mounts at SP, which is quite incredible. So you'd, you'd actually go much, much, much better backing number one in every race. Yep. Uh, current season so far, 302 rides at 27 firsts at 8.9% win. And yeah, he's just been holding steady at 8% for the last 12 months. There's been no fluctuations. I mean, it's getting to the point where unless there's a million dollars on the table, he's nearly an automatic. Yeah, does he probably be leading a prize one in Italy at the same time? <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, he won the Everest again. Yeah. 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 
I mean, he's got more money than God. He doesn't need to worry about a benchmark 72 on a Wednesday, does he? No. Well, I think that about all of them. Like, how much, how much must you love cash? Yeah. Or don't have a hobby, hate golf. Well, most of them love golf. They've got 20 houses. Like, isn't 20 enough? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be going on the back of, like, a, a show horse. <laughs> It is a short career. I suppose they've got to try and get what they can while they can. But oh, but Karen's been running for twenty something years. Mm. Yeah. No, it was probably another five million dollar or ten million dollar race for him to come. Anyway. Or he can That's continue to uh, to play sort of uh, second string movie villains in uh, biopics. Uh, <laughs> you also wanted to touch on Rose Hill Race Eight, though, Mark Roden. So uh, uh, just just briefly, I won't go into uh, any depth on this one, but it's. Um, it's a race I'm interested in, and I'd be very keen to hear what um, Rob has to um, say from the yard, because there's a very smart horse, and it's called Mount Popper, um, from the Hawks stable. He's first up. He took one run to peak last time. Um, he had a run 1,400 in Melbourne, and then he um, came to Sydney and absolutely dominated the 2,000-metre race on a wet track. The track will be at least uh, somewhat unaffected on Saturday. Um, very soft trial. Uh, 1500, I think if they can make ground fine for him first up, I think he's a horse with a stack of ability, can run great sectionals. And if he looks uh, even remotely forward, um, I'll be with him. But um, it's a pretty good race. Frosty Rocks, who's had his Magic Millions campaign, and um, some others are there, so he won't have it all his own way. But I, I think he's, he's, you know, potentially a group horse, so, um, you know, he might be able to get away with an 88 first up spot, not being fully around. But um, yeah, Rob's Pretty cool. All right. We will be uh, bringing on Rob Scurry to say a little hello uh, towards the end of the show. But Mark Roden, thank you for joining us. You've got to jump off. Uh, so we'll bid you adieu at this point. And uh, we'll speak to you next week. Excellent. I'll speak to you then. Thanks for having me. And I'll uh, be on my way. Good luck with the rest of the show. All right. Go yeah, well. Welcome. Welcome to the show, Rob Scurry. Scuzz, it's great to have you on board. Obviously, you've uh, been just kicking goals while we've been off air. Uh, for a couple of months. Uh, recap the Christmas and New Year period for yourself from a racing point of view. Pretty good. You know, had some good and bad days, um, as we always do, ups and downs. I, 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 got, I got square with Warwick Farm, had my first win there in a long, long time, which was great. Um, had a good win at Newcastle on, on, on uh, uh, Boxing Day with my mum. Yep. That was good. Could, couldn't miss that day. Um, you know, and then, you know, we can talk about all-time legend, just, just blowing up my brain. You know, the anniversary went past of my, my five-unit play on him and, as a maiden on uh, Australia Day last year. You know, that was, that was a great one. Lowest ebb of my punning career outside of naturalism 92 with my old man when the jockey fell off. Um, <laughs> Jack Dickens called me up and said, what are you doing, mate? Five units on a maiden. Like, Jack. <laughs> Looks like a proper horse to me. It's what I do. I, I try to back my iron, don't I? You know, I thought this was this this is a proper horse. And anyway, we exacted the other way with his second pick, and it couldn't even run a hot. It couldn't even run second for me. Anyway, turns out to be a good good bloody horse. Anyway, I, I brought him up. It's been in my brain for a while. That horse, eight starts, five wins, three bets for me, all losers. Not. Like that ride on from Kieran, I guess we've covered that. <laughs> yeah, it's actually already covered on the show. 
you've already mentioned that. Well, he also rode um, on the same day the number five in an earlier race, which I had five units on that ran, you know, got beaten by um, the Snowden that was horse. A yeah, Snowden horse in the, in the China Horse Cup colors. Yep. colors that's short odds. It's probably a bad idea. You know, I had I had like an icky feeling about it. You know, Snowden, short odds, Kira McAvoy. Ooh. But look, it looked outstanding, and, and I thought the ride was appalling on that as well. So, um, reckon the Snowden is struggling a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure you guys have looked at the the data. Um, I think I think his like his his stats are very very poor. Um, and, I, feel like you know, I feel like you always think that around this time of year, though, and then they come out and like run second or win a blue diamond, and then they've got one of the slipper favourites. And uh, and while I was also away, my old favourite two-year-old Aim ended up winning the fucking three-year-old Magic Millions. I didn't have a brass razoo on it. <laughs> <laughs> Aim, how did that I'm, happen? I'll tell you how it happened. Isotope fell. <laughs> That's how it happened. Yeah, I know, but AIM couldn't win on a bloody Wednesday in Sydney. Just, just, just shows how. Anyway, I, you know, can't restricted yeah. sales prices. Can't, they can't yeah, well, you know, they probably wanted to be a group group one before you know it. Okay, well, Rob, keep us up to date with, uh, or take us up to date with how attending the races are in Sydney at the moment, because Dicko and I were just on course for the first time at Caulfield on Tuesday, and I guess we were happy to be there, but it is a bit of a different experience. What are things like in New South Wales? You can't, you're kind of like, you're too nervous to move. Once you get a good spot, you're like, just going okay. and relax and just keep chipping away. It is just that. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Like early days, like I couldn't stand out without some bloody social distancing officer, you know, wanting to be all down my throat. Um, now it's it's pretty good actually. It's it's I'm not far. I'm pretty much where I was before. Like I don't. I play a slightly different game than everyone else. Um, you know, I kind of social distance by myself where they want me to sort of take a seat, but I'm sort of. You know, sitting on the grass by myself, away from every, everyone, um, just because you know it's looking at the mounting yard. But no, look, I, I can't complain at all, mate. It's 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 great. Um, I'm looking at horses, eyes on ponies, Canterbury tomorrow night. I'll be in the members, you know, with the best view. And then Rose Hill, it'll be just just as normal. I'll be, you know, I've got no excuses. Okay, excellent. Well, you've got some of the, I guess the, I wouldn't say the good horses, but you've got some of the better horses resuming there on Saturday. So. You're going to uh, be crucial, as always, in the mounting yard? Well, we've, we've got this two-year-old, um, Entha. I think she's running down your way um, uh, soon. She's a blue diamond favourite. She looks like a three-year-old. She's the best two-year-old by, by a mile. I haven't seen any good Sydney two-year-olds. I found a, a couple of winners in the two-year-olds um, yep. recently, but none of them have really kind of got me excited. Like the, the the big filly for Kiramar and David Eustace. I think it's is it Entha um, or Ebijar so are you, or. Are you saying that part of like the biggest part of her edge currently is her like physique versus yeah. her? Yes, yes. She 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 looks like a three year old. Uh, she she's 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 a giant, and it, unless the tracks are, are heavy, she can't be beaten. Um, Do you think that that golf of Suarez was the best two year old we saw, Peter? Or did? Uh. Probably, but yeah, but I don't think any of those two-year-olds were necessarily ones where you actually wanted to write the name down 
and remember them going forward, just in terms of type. And I know it's been a while since we've seen some two-year-olds, but... but do, I do like that Elephant Zara horse that won. Like, it's it's a bit short, but it's a beast. Yeah. It's coupled, short little sprint-type brazen bow. He really stamps them, brazen bow. Yeah, like, it, looks like, it looks like it just will get it done. Yeah. You know, and, and won't get sore. Yeah, yeah, professional. But yeah, uh, uh, is she coming down your way? The the Kieran Ma filly. Am I right? Is it called Enza? Probably nommed on Friday, Saturday. Canterbury, Flemington, Caulfield, and Rose Hill. How do you know? The, the other reason why I'm bringing her up is um, the thing that ran second to her. Um, it's, it's in race one on uh, at Rose Hill on Saturday. It's come up favourite. Um, guess form line. But when I saw it, it was the first horse I marked off. It just looked like woolly. It looked fat. It didn't look got sweaty. So I've got a really good um, memory for that. Um, and I can't wait to see it because if, if that's come on, um, that should should be should be just about winning with the form line and the amount of improvement that I've got in my yeah. head for that horse. So um, I'll just, just tell you what it's called. It's Mallory. Race, Mallory, yeah, in, in the my favourite people's colours. What are they... Uh, what, are, what is it? Freddie's hands. Have they got horses? Ah, uh, Julian. Fuck. I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought Trumpy was going to do something for him, but no, no, no. No, Mallory, I'm, I'm talking the billionaire who, who just does everything for racing in Masara in the, in the, in the uh, flying spur colours in the gold and black checks. Miss Finland. We'll head up to Queensland, Curls. Uh, you're looking at the Sunshine Coast Cup. Yeah. Is that right? Sunshine Coast Cup. All right. I'm not sure whether this is the um, like the last hurrah for any decent race uh, in Queensland <laughs> a few months or what. Um, Dude, you're looking good. You are looking so good. Like sunned. I'm so She's on the Just owning it. I haven't had a haircut for a while. And um, I'm not having a haircut until I'm 90 kilos is the deal I have with my PT. So it's been a big summer, a big winter, whatever whatever it's called, summer. Um, so I've got about nine and a half kilos to drop. I might have the pod done though by the time you get here. So you might have you know, one yeah. on the house. Um, yes. Uh, anyway, back, back to the racing. Um, I'm a bit scared here because this just looks too obvious to me. Like, this looks like Emerald Kingdom leads and wins. And it's $4. Like, why the fuck is it $4? Um, it's it's last two. It's raced on speed. It got touched off by Soxagon, who was airborne, and um, two back, and then last start again. Um, it in the stable, mate, sort of half. Went a bit, well, went quick, not overly quick, but on speed and just got run down late again. It does go up two kilos. Um, that set weights and penalty race. That was the race that the winner goes to the Magic Millions Cup. Soxagons ran enormous in, the, in that Magic Millions Cup last start. Um, so the form line just ties in beautifully. and doesn't look a lot of speed on paper. You might get a little bit of pest speed, maybe a horse like... Um, Awesome pluck from the wide gate. Might have any other option but to push four, but that's fine. It can sit second or third. Um, looks the class runner. It's only early. There's a talk of a bit of rain around, so I can't really dive in too early. But um, geez, it looks the winner all over the winner. This is just like a perfect race for it. And Rod rides curly. How's he like, sort of going? Settled in? 
thoughts on him as a as a bet? Obviously, you're not that worried by him. No, I'm not really worried. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I suppose I'll, they're all the same to me. Um, if Andrew Malian was on it, for example, who is a bit more timid of a rider, would rather grab hold and take a spot and then come wide and, and let him run home. Look, be a different story. But Rod, yeah, Rod can sum up the tempo. Um, there's a few jocks that you just couldn't touch. Like if the fence was off and um, this had a different jockey on that doesn't believe in bias and it let the fence, well, you're dead, right? Um, you see it week in, week out in Queensland. You saw it today. It was plenty of examples today. Week in, week out. So what I'm saying, yeah, Rod's smart enough. It's not really a switch. Um, Luke Curry wrote last start. You know, it's fair. It's just, oh, this, it just ticks plenty of boxes for me. Oh, what? It's tough. It's on speed. It makes its own luck. And I think it'll be very hard to beat. One at odds, which uh, if the rain, if we do get a little bit of the forecast rain, and well, I suppose even if it's not, the sunny coast track's not really hard anyway. Uh, if we do get the rain, I'll double down. Go for the double scoop here um, and bank victory eight as well. Uh, it's currently around about 30 odd dollars. Um, it'll just be tucked away, sort of midfield defence. Uh, horses going super was really good on the clock last start. Sort of a little bit, maybe a run below a horse uh, like Emerald Kingdom and the horses that Emerald Kingdom has been racing against. But um, on its day under the right setup, it can certainly you know, run into the money. So um, the more rain we get, the better chance I think it is. Uh, has, got a, has got a good record there. Uh, at the track and uh, has had a couple of wins second up. So give it a good chance at odds. All right. And at the same time, Kills, you've also got Gold Coast Toowoomba on Saturday plus Garden on Sunday. Yes. Is there anything happening tomorrow being Friday? Um, tomorrow's Rockhampton, so we'll give that a oh one come up on the one come up <laughs> one did come up. Um, I'll just see if the price is still there in the morning. Um, I'm not sure whether this is the right time to bring it up or I should bring this up later. But while I'll be at Gatton on Sunday, oh. the main meeting in Australasia is at Merwillumba. <laughs> no, no, <Tom. laughs> we spoke about this. Watch the deep dive on Monday. There will be an update. We may have a horse which may be having its first up run in its Everest campaign. So that's enough. Some of well, it, the things are going to go off so quickly. I was going to say, did I miss something? <laughs> Everest campaign? Jeez. Settle down, you two. That's what Ross reckons we're going to Everest. You can't fly overseas. Uh, all right, get get into it, Dickens. What, what are we looking at at Caulfield? You've got Rapid Racing. Do you want to preview anything from Flemington? Are you, are you ready for the uh, silks? Are they wearing the same silks this time or are they wearing their normal silks? I don't know. I, I doubt they would. That was a fucking debacle. Is Rapid Racing... Is Rapid Racing... Like, if you just sat there and... Like oh, we had the like I had the right strategy for it last year. It was like we're just going to pick a few horses that we like that we think will win, and if they run big races, just watch them. And you know you might get blessed with one of the callers or another in player guy just 
like picking the wrong horse because they thought they were on the wrong silks. And it happened twice. <laughs> is, um, is this rapid racing, is it aimed at like a younger generation or something? It's like, like 2020 for racing, mate. Yeah, so look, aimed at the younger generation coming quick, snap, 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 race, race, race. Have a good I think, time. I think there's only seven races and they're all down the straight. Mm. I've got to laugh because if you weren't born in nine, in the 1970s, you wouldn't know who Kevin Sheedy or the other coach Dennis <laughs> is. Like, what the f- hey, He's a derby winning trainer, mate. Yeah, they're 80 years old. They'll play in back pocket for fucking Coburg in 1937. We're going to aim it at the younger generation. We're going to wheel out a couple of old fellas talking about donging blokes in the footy. <laughs> Two of the greats of coaching. Why didn't they reel out a couple of TikTokers? <laughs> <laughs> it's so smart. You're right. You're 100% right. Thank you. Um, Sorry. But they'll make it all about the participants and the usual story. Anyway. City versus country, and we've got a coach that's coaching jockeys in an individual sport. That'll be fucking good. <laughs> Perception. Anyway, cut that out because I'm trying to be a new man this year. That's staying in and play on advantage. Uh, Dickens, Caulfield. <laughs> yeah, you and I and um, the rest of the team are going to the uh, rapid racing. So we'll have uh, Manny, Mark, and Pete and I from Flemington. Um, yeah, I want to talk about one race at Caulfield's race number three, 800 metres. Some nice horses here, or some nice horses, but not many. The most progressive and exciting horse by a mile is number eight, Great House for Waller. Damien Thornton rides. Drawn barrier six at the moment. Probably see a scratching, might go into five. Curly knows this. Is that That's the perfect sort of draw for a Waller horse. Uh, it's two. It's had one start in Australia, and it's one start. It was very, very good, as good as it could have been with the race shape. Uh, I marked it to back at next start. Stoked with the race they've picked. They've gone from 600 only to 800. Haven't jumped to 2000, which I would have been tempted to do the way it hit the line. Uh, I think 800 meters is ideal. I think barrier six is ideal. I think 440 is a gift. But there's a few here that that are, that are going well. Like uh, Hasseltoff in particular, um, Huntley Castle, Barrow 7 okay, often get a great price, same with Five Kingdom. The rest, like a bit numberish, not for me. This horse could be pretty good, you know, and, and this race is not that good. I think this is a great opportunity to, to really bet and bet, bet hard. $4.40 is a great price. Race three, number eight, great house. I was just trying to find Caulfield there on Dynamic, but... Uh, it's, no, it's not on there. It's because it's, 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 it's called... Let's not have to edit the whole show, Peter. It's, but, it's yeah. called Antipost. Antipost. They're well, racing Antipost. No, they're actually just racing at Antipost. I had to go on my phone and look. Yeah. Oh, it's Antipost. Yeah, it's, it's listed <laughs> as Antipost, Caulfield. As I speak, 440 is available across a number of plastics. Um, I think it's a great price. Yep. All right. Speaking of plastics. Sorry? Speaking of plastics. Yeah. I see a question on Twitter asking, where's Walshy? <laughs> I saw it. We saw him on track on um, Tuesday. Happy to report uh, Jonathan's now the father of two beautiful girls. But more, not, no, not more importantly, but very surprisingly, he's in good order. Really? Like, yeah. parading well. I was, I was fearful that he might have blown right out. In the lockdown, but um, 
He also knocked back free lunch, so it tells me dieting, but looking good, sounding great, look well. He was smiling as well. It was quite strange. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, he was way too happy. Um, I'm going to quickly touch on Ascot, and this is going to take all 38 seconds because I've done six races so far, and five of them I've found the market, which is just wonderful behaviour. Um, so I'll go to a two-year-old race where clearly the market is going to be less accurate. And uh, I can't have this Pike Simon Miller thing, $2.50. They're taking the blinkers off second start because it just didn't go any good first start. It wasn't a pretty fast run race for two-year-olds, it must be said, but it still went pretty shit-ass towards the, uh, the last 200. Um, Talk about you was a first starter. Was meant to be in the same race. Was scratched at the gates after it went through the gates and went for a little bit of a run. I'm pretty keen on that horse, and I think it will start closer to favourite, if not favourite, uh, for Marty Allen and Chris Parnham. And the other horse in the race that has kind of been found, the market hasn't really missed it, but I think we'll get a better price on the day. Is my dilemma for Lacta Romilly and Brock Luthwaite. Uh, it'll be sad when Lacta heads back to. Mauritius, because he's been kicking ass in WA. He's been making a lot of the jockeys look pretty second rate. So hopefully. Is he seriously leaving WA? So he was meant to, his, I believe his visa, don't sack me if I'm wrong here, but I believe his visa actually came up and expired while COVID was in progress in May last year. And I think he's only got a couple of weeks, if not maybe a month or two left in WA. So hopefully he can just knock, knock off a few more winners for us. I don't know, but you doubt that Mauritius is handling COVID as well as WA. That's that's shit news for him. WA, Wester's best land. <laughs> you catch up with uh, Lactar in your travels over to the west? I can't remember. Might have. What about what about Keshaw Durun? You see yeah. him over there? Yeah, I, I probably did, girls. I probably did. I saw a lot of people. I oh, yeah, also ben. did not see a lot of other people. And uh, if uh, people have been following my service, they would also realise that certain days could have been bigger if, uh, if not for a few nose results. And it's probably a good thing they weren't much bigger for my own health and safety. So <laughs> it's good no, to be back. Similar, I had a similar experience uh, at the Gold Coast of Magic Millions Week. I've probably run into a few people too. I just cannot remember it. Yeah. <laughs> what, about, what about Isotope? Oh, same answer as Pistol. If it had a fucking one, I mightn't be here. <laughs> um, it was the biggest bet of the day for the service. Plus, it was in every dirty, filthy multi. <laughs> geez, uh, yeah, geez, wasn't in a tragedy. All's well that ends well. Oh, exactly right. Got another day. Uh, what else are we doing? Uh, that's it. Uh, guys, it's been great. Um, we'll catch up next week. It'll be a little bit more formal, a little bit more official. Well, actually, probably not. I don't know. This is enjoyable enough. Um, anyway, give us feedback, questions, all that sort of stuff. Uh, we will be doing more. This is the unofficial start of the year for us. We've probably had too much time off and uh, need to start working properly again. So, guys, I'm looking forward to the next couple of months anyway. Thank you, Peter. Thanks. Thanks guys. Thank you, Mountain Goat.